0: So maybe it's a good idea to overcome our our phobia of pondering our departure long enough to ask ourselves, how will I be remembered? I want to come to grips with the truth that our life is not about what we do nearly as much as it is about what we become.
1: As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now, get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby.
0: I have a question for you this morning, though. When it's your time to depart this earth, how will you be remembered? Not something you ask yourself every day. But this little notice caught my attention this week. Listen to this. We were sorry to hear about the recent passing of Robert Kearns, the man who invented the intermittent windshield wiper. At his funeral, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Then there was. Then there wasn't. Then there was. Okay. Okay. But it did make the little little story did made me make me think. When my time comes, what will they say about me? Referring to his time to go, Dr. James Dobson, he says that he wants this one simple epitaph chiseled on his headstone. I told you I was sick. well, it's pretty, mor- it's pretty normal for most of us to avoid thinking about our eventual demise. I mean, it's just not something we're comfortable talking about. The insecure Woody Allen likes to say, it's, it's not that I'm afraid to die, I just don't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> but the truth is that reflecting on how we will be remembered can be an effective way to examine which direction our life is currently going. You see, it's not likely that we're we're going to be able to fool our family, our friends, or the people that we work with about our true nature. The lives we frequently touch will almost always get a true perception of our character. So maybe it's a good idea to overcome our, our phobia of pondering our departure long enough to ask ourselves, how will I be remembered? Because I don't know about you, but I I don't want to be remembered like the windshield wiper guy. I want to come to grips with the truth that our life is not about what we do, nearly as much as it is about what we become. Well, you might say the more important question to, to ponder is when your time is up is, Where do I go from here? And that's a good point. But if you can get a read on how you will be remembered, you may have already answered the question. So I can honestly say that I don't know yet how I will be remembered. But I have some wonderful role models to strive after. How about how the Philippians remember the Apostle Paul? He's the one who said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now that is worth remembering.
1: Are you worried about anything today? Stay right there to discover how to turn your worry into worship and your fear into faith. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. What's less than two inches big, fully rechargeable, and comes in three sporty colors? It's Nebo Tools Micro Pocket Light. Impossibly bright and unbelievably small, the Micro features six unique light modes, including the 400 lumen turbo mode and three LED color lighting options, red, green, and white light to accommodate any situation. The Micro is small enough to conceal in your hand or fit on your key ring. This powerful pocket light even comes with a stainless steel necklace chain to keep this light with you wherever you go. Choose red, black, or silver to match your personal style. Find Nebo Tools intensely bright lights and flashlights, including the tiny yet powerful 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 micro pocket light at batteries Plus bulbs outlets in hardware stores everywhere and online at NeboTools.com. That's N-E-B-O-Tools.com. Use the promo code Christian Radio and receive a 10% discount on your order. At work, home, or play. For the ultimate in flashlights, let Nebo light your way. And now back to On the Bright Side as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed
0: through his lifelong journey of faith. If you allow me to, just a moment, I want to talk about why is it that we worry, that we worry so much, and especially worry so much about money. Now, I don't know about you, but money has always been the easiest thing for me to worry about, either not having enough of it, or not knowing what to do with it. Not knowing how I should handle it. I worry that I'll run out of it. That I will always be able to make something work with it. Basically, something involving money is the easiest thing for me to worry about. And it's one of those things that brings me to anxiety. And sometimes, even, even fear... Now, I want to share with you for a minute what I have learned that I must do to overcome my worry and anxiety about money. And I'm hoping it will help you if you happen to struggle with money issues like me. Now, not everyone worries about money, and I, and I understand that. Uh, maybe some of you are, are like the guy who found a way to deal with excessive worry over money. He told his best friend how he did it. He said, I've Lost my job, I've got lots of credit card debt, my car's being repossessed, my house is in foreclosure, but I'm not worried about any of it. And his friend said, you're not? Why aren't you worried anymore? He said, well, I'm not worried because I've hired a professional worrier. (laughs) He he does all my worrying for me. His friend said, that's great. How much does your professional worrier worrier cost? charge you for this service. He said, he charges me $50,000 a year. He said, wow, how are you going to get that kind of money? He said, I don't know. (laughs) That's for him to worry about. (laughs) Hiring a professional warrior wouldn't really work for me, but something that has helped me through the years are the very words of our Lord and Jesus, save, uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, on the subject of worry, and we find His wisdom on this in Matthew chapter six. And keep in mind that at the time He spoke on this, He had been sharing many things with people about how to live. And in those times, the people worried mostly about basic things like enough, you know, how to get enough to eat and something to wear. So listen to what. He says, he said, look, I'm telling you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat and drink or about your body or what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds, he said, they don't sow or reap or store away in barns, meaning this means they don't work and get a paycheck or have anything in the bank. And yet, he goes on, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? And can any one of you add a single hour to your life by worrying? And Jesus wasn't finished with this. He says, He goes on and he says, Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers in the field grow? They don't labor and spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these flowers. What he's saying, there is nothing you or man can do, can take care of you like your heavenly father. Then he says, if that is how God clothes the grass in the fields, which is here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? So don't worry. About what to eat and what to wear. For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows you need them. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. And then Jesus wraps this all up. By saying, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Okay. Now we need to understand something. Especially me. I'm talking to me. Those are the words of God. Worry and faith cannot coexist in the kingdom of God. Worry is a waste of time. Worry is distracting. Worry is a misuse of our imagination. Worry is a bad investment that never pays off. Worry is harmful to our health. But more than anything, worry is a sign of our lack of faith. You know, a glass of water weighs about half a pound. And if you hold that glass of water in one hand out here... For a little while, let's say four or five minutes, it's, it's really not a problem. But after 15 minutes, your arm will really begin to ache. And in 30 minutes, you'll be in pure agony holding that water right out here. Sooner or later, no matter how strong you think you are, you have to lay that water down. And it's the same way with worry. We think it's our job to do it. And many of us carry around worry and stress like it's that's part of us. But the word tells us that it's not. And what the Lord is trying to tell us that like a glass of water held too long, we in our human condition are just not built to do it by ourselves. You see, the glass of water didn't get any heavier. It still weighs the same one half pound. But on our own, we just aren't made to carry worries, stress, and the burdens of life for any extended amount of time. But here's the good news. He is. Jesus is. And he explains it to us in this passage so that we can give it all to him. Because he's got it all covered. So if you are worried about finances today... Or really, if you're worried about anything. The Lord wants to turn your worry into worship. And your fear into faith. And so when it comes time to pray. Today, I hope that you'll come and you'll let someone pray for you. And you'll find that your faith will rise up. And it'll push worry aside. And you'll have the promise of peace that transcends all understanding through Jesus Christ. And when we call on the Lord, we can stand on those promises that he made in Matthew, that all these things will be given to you so you don't have to worry anymore.
1: Failures are meant to be tough pills to swallow, and they're meant to be hard lessons learned. But in the kingdom of God, they are not to destroy you find out next what to do with them on the bright side we'll be right back i love the intense brightness and durability of nebo tools flashlights listen my neighbor lost his keys and i asked if he had checked on the seat of his car he had but i handed him my nebo tools second generation slide king flashlight and i told him to look again he found the keys my neighbor was impressed this flashlight is so bright i want one of these he says so I ordered him Nebo Tools 2nd Generation Slide King Flashlight, an amazing high power 500 lumen flashlight, chips on board work light, red light, and red hazard flasher. It's equipped with programmable memory settings for each light mode We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the bright side.
0: Does anybody ever feel like you are a failure? Except me, or besides me? Well, I want you to know that maybe you're struggling financially, or maybe you're going through problems with a broken relationship. Maybe you're even battling an addiction. Whatever it is. You know, I want to tell you that you're not a failure. You may be trying really hard. But it's just obvious that things aren't getting better. So you tell yourself, I'm a failure. But I want you to know today that you are not a failure. You just have the wrong perspective on failure. You see, everyone fails. It's a natural human quality to fail. To err is human, goes the old saying. But but what happens is when things aren't working out for us, it's easy to transfer the circumstance of our failure to our being a failure. And that's another mistake that we just don't need to make because failure is a necessary element in our lives for us to grow. And failure is an especially important ingredient to your eventual success. Successful people will always tell you that every failure is a stepping stone to their success. So we're going to fail. And we're going to mess up. But it doesn't mean we're a failure. You only have to go back to last Monday night's football game the Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants. (laughs) To illustrate my point, how many saw the game? So here we have Drew Bledsoe, our veteran quarterback. He's marching us down the field and he's just a few yards from scoring a touchdown and getting us back in the game. And then with, with, with one quick reflex decision, he throws a bad pass, it's intercepted. And that failure leads to his being replaced and losing his job as a starting quarterback. And if he listens, to the hundreds of hours of media talk about this, or reads the miles of newspaper print about this, he would have to believe that he's a complete failure. But let me ask you, do you think that Drew Bledsoe should consider himself a failure because of one bad pass in a career that spans 14 years? In the NFL record books, a number of times for his Passing skills? Well, I don't think so. And I think the fact that Mr. Bledsoe gets paid pretty well to do what he does, and the fact that he's a good family man, and he's got, he's active in many charitable organizations, and I don't know all the, all the rest of very much about his life. But I think that he should have some perspective that he's not a failure. The truth is, he simply had a setback. In his work. And you know, Simon Peter, the disciple, he was a confident man. And after connecting with Jesus Christ, he was convinced he was the one that the Lord could always count on. And he told him so. Even when Jesus told Peter that he would deny him three times before dawn, Peter didn't believe him. But when put to the test, Peter failed Miserably, just as the Lord had predicted. And the word says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. And I'm sure he considered himself a complete failure. But later in the book of John, it tells us that after the resurrection of Christ, the Lord appeared several times to the disciples and Peter was there. And the third time the Lord appeared was when Peter and some disciples went fishing. And they were out fishing, and they heard a guy from the shore say, Hey, have you guys caught anything? No, they answered, not, not paying much attention. And then the guy on the shore said, Well, well, throw your nets on the other side, and you'll catch them then. And so they did. And all of a sudden, there were fish everywhere. They were just jumping into the net. And one of the disciples said, That guy, it's the Lord. And before he could get the words, Out of his mouth, Peter just jumped in the water, closing all, headed straight to Jesus. He let the other guys fall in the fish. You see, Peter showed us right there the most important thing that we need to know about failure. And that is that our failures don't determine who we are. But it's what we do after we fail that most defines us. Our failures, they're meant to be tough pills to swallow. And they're meant to be hard lessons learned. But in the kingdom of God, they are not to destroy us. Your failures are not to destroy you. Peter knew he failed. But he also knew that he loved the Lord. And he wanted another chance. And that's why I don't think it's a coincidence that the same day that Peter jumped in the water to get to Jesus... The Lord asked Peter if he loved him three times. You see, as many times as Peter could fail him, Jesus was going to encourage him and challenge him to a life of glorifying God. And what Christ did for Peter in spite of his failure, he would do for all of us. So you are not a failure. You are a winner in Jesus Christ today. And you just need to hold on. If you're having failure in your life right now, you just need to hold on. And you need to remember this scripture, which is Pastor Des's favorite. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ.